I don't mean to start on a heavy note, but I uh, remember Allie telling me something recently. And we don't really talk a lot about celebrities on the show or <laughs> former celebrities or whatever. It's just not something we... we former? We, well, you, I'm getting there. You had told me recently that you saw a picture of Johnny Resnick from the Google <laughs> Dolls. And he looked... I forget what you said, but... It, I said he looked like my lesbian Aunt Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a picture of him. And I'm genuinely... I am not... Okay. Let me explain. You're not okay, we know. I'm not okay. (laughs) Let me explain. Johnny and I are both from Buffalo. (laughs) Buffalo falls all over Johnny Resnick like his shit doesn't stink. But the truth of the matter is, when they were on their way up their success ladder back in the 90s, Johnny was one of these guys, oh, we don't want to be played on Top 40 Radio. We're like a rock band, man. Like We we don't want that. And now they're dying for moms to tune in. And what happened? (laughs) Top 40 Radio made them successful. Without Top 40, everybody would have been like, goo-hoo. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) goo-hoo. Yeah. You like that? Is that sound of them crying? So, yeah. <laughs> so, that's a little, a little inside industry type thing, but I saw a picture of I love of inside industry well, stuff. The thing about it is, the picture I saw, and this is where I'm genuinely concerned. He looks like your aunt lesbian, Kathy? Yes. Your but, aunt lesbian, Kathy? Aunt, like, okay, and Johnny has oh, a lot of tattoos on his arms, and they're starting to sag like it's, well, you know, you're 80. Uh-huh. How did he go from what was a, he was always a slave guy, but he honestly, and I swear to you, I do not mean this insulting. It looks like the footage that they show after historical uh, footage of World War II when they go, and that's when they found the concentration camps, and you see the footage. Johnny is that skinny now. It's he alarming. Is, oh. Wait, hold on. I got to look this up. Oh my gosh. I just saw a picture of him yesterday. That's, and that's it was, funny because a friend of mine saw him recently. She saw him in concert because she went and saw Demi Lovato, and Demi Lovato covered a Goo Goo Dolls song. Who opened for that show? Goo Goo Dolls or Demi Lovato? No, no, no. Demi Lovato covered Name, and he came out. Oh. And so I saw it on her Instagram, I think, and... He didn't look that skinny. Oh, and this, this was like maybe maybe two months ago. It was, th- it was Halloween was weekend. Yeah, yeah. Shocking. If you can get a very recent picture, I'm curious to see if it looks the same as what I saw today in an industry publication that made me go, oh my gosh, what is happening? And I'm genuinely concerned. Like, is he sick? Hmm. Um, let me... You a big Goo Goo Doll fan? Who, me? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, in 96 when Name and Iris and... Uh, all those were coming out, you know, that was the music of the time that I was playing. And yeah, Mm. I mean, at the time, have I listened to a Goo Goo Dolls song recently? No, I mean, it's, you know, it's Yacht Rock to me now. But but again, I'm not trying to be mean. There are people that like the the music. I just look at it like I I was genuinely shocked when I saw him. I'm like, what happened? Okay, so you're going to have to pull up this picture because I'm going to show you his Instagram I'll pull up the picture if I can. I'll pull it up for you. Hang on. And this is what he looks like now. You have to show the camera or something. I, I am. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. And then That's I don't know right. how I'm going to show the camera on this. Hold on a second. Let me get to it. Because I just looked at this a couple hours ago. Scott, you missed this. Not that many episodes ago, we told the story of how I saw Goo Goo Dolls front row. But I was actually... You were there for Goo Goo Dolls. No, though. I was there for, for Sugar Ray. 
but I left the tickets at home. Wait, wait, is this a 1995 conversation? <laughs> Sugar Ray, hey. that, that song. Every morning. I want to fly. Yes. yes. Okay. Put your yeah. arms around me, baby. Put your arms wait, around wait, me, baby. Go? All around the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's I it. I just totally did a mom dance, too. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. That's what a sugar rate concert looks like. Hold on, I'm getting the picture. I don't also know how, a bunch of mom listeners. I, I, you know, here's what I'm going to do for the picture. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm going to have to... Allie, you just got to walk around. That's all there is to it, because I will send this to Quinn so he can quickly flash it up on the screen. This alarmed me. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Like, is he ill? He... Is there yeah. a date on that photo anywhere? No, so the, yesterday. His his body is very skinny, but his face is like the plastic surgery is not right. It I, he needs he needs a better doctor. Look, I, I'm not Dr. Graham. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to be insulting. That is absolutely not my goal. I just was like, oh my god, this shocked me. Uh, yeah, Quinn, I'll get you the picture so you can see it. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. you see. I'm concerned. Who's How? the guy on TV behind him? Oh, I don't know. I, I have no idea. But, like a, um, it looks like uh, Chad Kroger. It's an industry <laughs> snapshot. The other people don't matter. I just wanted you to, I, I just, this really took me back a minute ago. Yeah, that is not the Johnny Resnick that I saw front row in 1995. No, no. <laughs> he was actually always kind of a big guy. Did he still stick the sock in his pants to show it off? Um, I you would do that? First of all, all, I was there for Mark McGrath. I was. Oh, did he put a sock in his pants too? Uh, He doesn't have to. (laughs) Makes it sound like I got backstage, which I. Yeah, I never. I never did know. I did once back in the day. Did I ever tell you my black eyed peas no doubt story? I no. don't know. Fergie oh, invited you backstage. No, this is such a great story. Okay, years ago, I went to see No Doubt, because I've been a No Doubt Gwen, Stefa- Gwen Stefani Gwen fan. Stefani. Gwen Stefani fan. I'm going to go see Gwen Stefani. <laughs> I've been a Gwen Stefani fan for such a long time. So this probably was circa 1996, the year of Quinn's birth. Uh, no. I thought you were born in 96. Nope. 97? Nope. 94. 95. 95. Okay. Well, anyway, it was around around then. How dare you? So, uh, one of the things, this is obviously (laughs) pre 9 11, because this would never happen anymore. So, I went over to like the tour bus and maybe I'll get a glimpse of Gwen Stefani. Well, they had all of those party tents set up where there was tables underneath and then they were eating dinner and everything. And you could see, I could see Gwen, like, down the line. So, and all the other members of the band, too. So, Black Eyed Peas were opening up for them. And they were a know-nothing band at this time. The two guys of Black Eyed Peas, Will I Am, and the other one that I don't remember his name, but that's okay. <laughs> um, um, oh, hold on. I know this. Uh, it's like Apple D App or something like that? Yeah, There yeah, is yeah, an yeah. Apple D App. Yeah. Yes, okay. So, then they saw us, and they're just chatting with us outside of the tent. And they said to me... Act like you're meant to be there. Just walk. <laughs> Good right, advice. Just walk right through. So me and one of my friends were like, strutting our stuff. Yeah, like, that's making it look like you're supposed to be there. So acting like we're supposed to be there. We got through one security guard. Never stopped us. Everything's fine. And I'm like, 
getting closer. We're getting closer. I'm going to see Gwen in seconds and hug her and talk to her. And then all of a sudden. <laughs> the moment you hug her, you are not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the true sign. And then all of a sudden, there's another security guard. Because like I said, the tent is really long. Mm-hmm. There's another security guard stops me and says, where's your little placard thing? What are they called? The little things that, that hang lanyard. around your lanyard. Where's your lanyard? And I'm like, uh, here I am 16. Like, obviously I'm not supposed to be there. And he's like, nope, get out of here. Oh, and that was all uh, it was, but it wasn't even like, so you got this close. I did. I, I know what you could have gotten in. How? It's one of my favorite things. I want to try this one day. You have to walk in. This is, I saw a YouTube video about this and they could get in anywhere. All you have to do is have you and one other person carry a big ladder into the building, and they'll just let you go through because they think you're yeah. here, they, they think you're here to you're fix something. And yes. you're carrying a ladder. Yeah, right. So you're just like, <laughs> and of course, I'm 16 carrying a ladder, and I'm wearing. Remember, she used to have all the jewels above her eyebrows. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I had like the the little like space buns in. I remember what I was wearing that day. Is one of that memorable? But needless to say. I never met Gwen Stefani. Never got there. No. Huh? I met her. But I, I, of Just all kidding. celebrities, I have no interest in meeting celebrities whatsoever. I well, I mean, when we've met our, I've met my fair share of what would be considered D-level celebrities now. That at the time, they might have been B-level. Uh, but uh, did you, uh, do you remember? We had the I Love the 90s show again mm-hmm. this past year uh, here in town. And Allie and I spent most of the night backstage until mm-hmm. we went out and visited with everybody in the audience. I Literally everybody. I could have hooked up with one one of the guys from All for One. I was going to I thought it was Color Me Bad. Or Col- I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, bad. the guys from Color Me Bad were so excited. I mean, and, and they were very nice. Don't get me wrong. But you so can tell. So excited that they had a fan? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they were back talking to us. like, you know, and, and then it was the weirdest conversation. Like, back in the day, I'm sure their conversations were, like, real smooth. Like, hey, yeah, so. Uh, you it was like back? a 90s video. Hey, baby. You want to come back to our place for an after party? <laughs> now it's like, hey, so do you mow your lawn diagonally or straight across? <laughs> I mean, really, that's, that's what it's become. That's the stuff I want to know. But usually, like when we when we meet celebrities, I don't care for it. I feel really awkward. But the one celebrity that I do want to meet has always been Gwen Stefani. Have you ever met an actual celebrity, Quinn? Yeah, I uh, besides Allie and me. I, I mean, you I, know, I, uh, <laughs> I I filmed his interview. Jeff Daniels. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. We have talked about that. He did a uh, he did an indie film because he's from Michigan, uh, in Chelsea, Michigan. And uh, a, a friend of mine was a producer on it, and it said, "Hey, can you?" Because I did behind the scenes work for like all our friends in the in in the film major and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, "Hey, can you for no money at all? Mm-hmm. Can you come and record a bunch of behind the scenes stuff and record interviews with the director and the actors and stuff?" I said. Uh, it's a two-hour drive. I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, she goes, Jeff Daniels is in the movie. I said, Jeff Daniels? I'll be there. Dumb and Dumbers, Jeff Daniels? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yep. I go, all right, I'll be there. <laughs> so I spent two days over there, and uh, super nice guy. He was yes, really nice to me. That's what I, I, I picture him to be one yeah. of the lovely it's ones. He's one of those people who doesn't like being in Hollywood. I he, lives, po- he lives in Michigan, like like unless he's working. I heard a podcast so. with him, I don't know, probably within the past six months, and that's what he said. He 
he never wants to live in Hollywood. Hmm. He has no desire for that life whatsoever. Well, that's a chaotic life. I mean, I, yeah. I've driven through L.A. one time, and I was like... And people were swarming it. you. Oh, I, yes. That was, <laughs> God! That was, that was. Hi, everyone. This is Quinn, producer of Scott and Alley Show. I hope you are all enjoying the podcast right now. If you are trying to get more podcast episodes out of us, we can only sadly do one a week. But there's always a way for you to listen to our content, and that is by going to your favorite podcast platform. Not only listen to this podcast, but you can also listen to our on-demand podcast as well. So in case you miss part of the Scott and Alley Show live on the air, you can always find bits that you have missed from the morning show on your favorite podcast app. All you have to do is search Scott and Alley On Demand and you can listen whenever and wherever you want. How about we get back to the podcast and see what kind of nonsense we have in store for you now. Well, that was a funny story. I mean, have I, I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast. I don't know if you may have heard this story. That was the time uh, that I got into Paramount Pictures. Do you remember this story? Star Trek. Yes. So yes. I'll, I'll quickly. It all comes back to Star Trek. It all comes back to Star Trek. I'll briefly, because Quinn is our, Quinn's our in-house uh, Nerd? movie oh. and TV production, you know, <laughs> like that's your thing. You really enjoy that. Um, oh, you can nerd out with me on no, this. No, I'm a nerd. I don't so, care. It's no, cool being was, a nerd now. It is. It's so different it's than when a, Scott was a, a nerd. Yeah, yeah, you just get bullied. <laughs> You're right. It's true. Now it's cool to be Scott, yeah, yeah. weird. You really paved the way. You were an OG. Yeah, oh, true. that's I have what I do to help my mass amounts of psyche problems, psychological issues. No, anyway. Someone had to. So listen to this. So now I have to tell the story because, you know, and, and I, I'll try to make it as brief as I can. But it starts when I was on the air in Cleveland. Now, there, one of the producers and writers for what was one on television, Star Trek Voyager. Mm-hmm. Brandon Braga was his name, and he went to Kent State, and he was coming back home, and this was at the time that Star Trek First Contact, the movie was coming out, the Borg movie, if you've ever seen it. And um, he he wrote it, and or he co-wrote it, and he was part of the whole team that did it. Well, he's coming in town. All the TV Did you say he co-wrote it? He co-wrote it, produced it, yeah. I'm surprised, because have you ever heard about Kent State? They call it can't write, can't read, can't. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So he came back for something at Kent State, but then all the local TV stations caught that he was in town. And because local TV news anchors weren't that polished up on Star Wars versus Star Trek, they all wanted this interview with him because this was around the time when the. Uh, trilogy of the prequels of Star Wars was coming out, you know, mm. around it, there. It had been, I think at least one of the movies was was ninety nine. I think you know, something like that. So they wanted this interview, and of course, I'm like, well, I want to meet the guy. So I said I wanted an interview, and they confirmed it. They were going to bring him nice. to the radio station. So he comes into the radio station super defeated, and I'm like. Brennan, and of course, I was Nerd Geek Central. I had a box of models of starships and props that I had. I'm like, look how cool this is. But I wanted to show the guy, I'm like, I'm a genuine fan. Check out my phaser. You know, I had one. But, you know, Set I'm, it to stun. Yeah, right. Set <laughs> it to fabulous. Um, so, uh, at any rate, I, I had this stuff because I wanted to be like, look, I'm a real fan. Like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. you know, but I was also, I'm also a fan of Star Wars. I'm not a fake. So he comes in all defeated, and I'm like, 
dude, are you all right? And he goes, I, I just don't, you know, he goes, I, I get it. It's a huge franchise. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, but do they have to ask me if Darth Vader's in this next Star Trek movie? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. And that's, that was my opening. Well, you're in good hands, Brandon. And I lifted up my box of props and models. And Your toy he, box. He lit up. And he was like, oh, man, you are a fan. And we ended up. And now, uh, someone cultured. Yeah, yeah. Well, we ended up kind of hitting it off and, and and just enjoying the conversation because he knew he was talking to somebody that you know knew his product. Yeah, and we ended up spending four hours together, just hanging out, you know, wow. off air, just you know, hanging out. And the, throughout, that's a very unique experience. Well, it gets better because throughout the conversation, at one point he goes, "If you ever find yourself in L.A." Let me know. And he gave me his card and everything. And he goes, let me know, and I'll get you a tour of the set. That night, Scott's on the internet. Flights to L.A. No, I had to dial in at 95. I was like, you know. So, at any rate, ironically... It was going to be uh, with my ex-wife, our first wedding anniversary. We had plans to go to Vegas. Vegas and L.A. are only a few hours apart. Yeah. Yeah. I told him, and he goes... Well, do you want to make a day of it and come out and I'll get you on the set? And I'm like, why? Yes, I do. Yeah. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime. I'd sure. rather go right to L.A. and skip Vegas at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. So here we are. We end up uh, driving to, Ve- or to uh, L.A. And that was the one time I had driven in L.A. Once is enough. Turn on Melrose Avenue. J- like they used to film the old TV show, Melrose Place. The same thing. Melrose Avenue. And we pull up to the Paramount lot, which the traditional arches, mm-hmm. you know, that everyone's seen a million times. And we pull up to the security gate and nice security guy there. And uh, I go, hey, I'm here because I'm supposed to be getting a tour of, you know, this set and this and that. Mm-hmm. And the guy looks at this sheet and he goes, hey, what's your name? And I go, well, it's Scott Free. And he's looking at it. And I go, it might be under my real name, uh, which is Scott, but a different last name. Yeah. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, why don't you pull in up here, park over there, and just walk over to Soundstage 9 and where 10 is. And I, oh. I literally said to the guy, I go, the, the security guard, who was super nice, I go, you have to forgive me. Is there a map or something? I don't know where the hell I. Am. I, like, yeah. I would have checked every stage, like every. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, at any rate, guy hands me a great map. I still have it downstairs in in my basement somewhere because it's a cool little memento. Frame circled. Yeah, where we were, you know. And then I, I I was just talking to him for a couple other seconds, uh, and and somehow we got on the subject of. Uh, other celebrities that would come through at these gates. I go, so I, I go, I have to ask, do you get a lot of, is this the gate that like the, the, the stars come through? He goes, oh yeah. At the time, Frasier was filming. Wow. If you guys remember that show. Yes. And I go, well, I said, what's that like? And he goes, well, he goes, I'll tell you, sometimes it gets a little crazy because Kelsey Grammer's the type of guy, and I still remember this to this day. He said he drove a big brown Yukon. That was Kelsey Grammer's car. <laughs> and he goes, Kelsey's one of these people, and people know when that show films at the times that it films, because, you know, studio audience and that, yeah. they'd hang outside the Paramount Archway and all that. And he goes, Kelsey would stop the car. Get out at my, you know, security box and go talk and hang out with these oh, fans for that. I do you know too. an hour, hour and yeah. a half. I guess Kelsey was really very, very cordial Aww. and nice. And he goes, but it was brutal because at times I'd be like, I got now got people backing up that have to get out of the Paramount lot, <laughs> yeah, because here he is. So 
I guess you're getting the full story with this at this point. <laughs> I expect nothing but. So at any rate, uh, it's, the, the guy was great. This older, this older security guy. So here we go. We park. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it is my ex-wife and I, and at this point, no tour guide, no security people, nothing. Mm-hmm. And we're walking the Paramount lot like we work there. I mean, it was crazy. So we walked down this one lane. At the time, they had started filming the next Star Trek movie, which Ooh. was Patrick Stewart and the crew. And I walked by this. But this is before Patrick Stewart was a name, right? No, this he was already a name at this point. They had finished filming what was then the TV series, the next gen uh, TV series. They mm-hmm. were into their three movies. And this oh. was the second. No, I'm sorry. their four movies. They were into the third film, filming of the okay. third movie. So he's established. He's oh, very established. And. At, at, now, when I walk by that set, I look over. If you look at any architecture or set design or have ever seen a Star Trek show, except for the ones in the 60s, you know immediately what, you know, it catches your eye. There's a there's a architecture, a design to it. You're like, oh, so we're walking by and I, I did one of these stops and I look over because there was this soundstage door. Now, I'm holding up to our YouTube video what is my two hands, but I want you to imagine this with giant, giant doors mm-hmm. uh, and put it in perspective of, of the distance of their opening. Mm-hmm. You, I would have had to squeeze through to get in, but I could see it. Oh, yes. So I can picture this. And it was kind of dark in there, but I look at it, I go, Son of a bitch, that's the bridge of the Starship Enterprise E. I'm like, oh, but I, I didn't dare. Quinn's loving this. But here's the thing. I didn't dare go in because if I got caught, then I get kicked out before I go see the Voyager set and before, right. you know, all this. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, so I'm like, oh, I want to see this too. Well, anyway, we come up, we, we turn the alleyway and soundstage nine and 10. And you got to forgive me, guys. It's been a lot of years. It's either nine or 10. How dare you? Well, here we go. I this. don't forgive you. It's either nine or ten. I mean, come on, this was nineteen ninety eight. So we're just messing with it you. It was either uh, three years old. <laughs> it was either uh, soundstage nine or ten or whatever. But the set that they filmed Voyager on, and I'm going to take you back chronologically, and this is where Ellie's going to go. Oh my god! So it goes like this. At the time I was there, they were filming Voyager on this set. All the sets were there. The, the bridge, the engine room, the transporter room, all that. Mm-hmm. Across the way, they filmed what was Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And we could see those sets, too. They were all set up. They were filming. Back to my soundstage. Prior to filming uh, uh, Voyager, it was the soundstage for the next generation of Star Trek. Prior to that, it was the Star Trek movies with William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy. So, and then prior to that, it was the 1960s TV show soundstage. Prior to that, I Love Lucy was filmed on that stage. Oh, so okay, now you got me. It was really, it was super historical, right? Yeah. So we get. I this, bet you there's a whole vibe about that. Oh, too. it was the coolest place. So we. Um, we literally got to go all through all the different sets, watch a scene get filmed. By the way, the episode of Star Trek Voyager that I actually was in, not in, but I was in behind the, audience, the camera, yeah. was uh, an episode called Night. And there's a scene in the engine room with the first officer and the engineer. And I was five feet for them when it got filmed. How long did you stay? About two hours. It was a really wide open tour. And we got to be on the bridge, and we stood in the transporter room. And this was the one really wild part about this. Um, They told us, you know, reach up. And because it's you're in this, it's it's a 
alternate universe when you're in it, right? Yeah. You're you're there and you're like, oh my God, this is like really being on a ship, right? They said, reach up and, and tap the circle above you. You know when they beam up and beam down? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. So that's a transporter room. And I'm, I'm tapping the glass. They go. And then poof, Scott's gone. I'm gone. <laughs> no, that glass that's above them, because they reuse a lot of things and redress. You know what redressing yes. means, Quinn. And uh, Allie just knows undressing. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, redressing I do. In, the, uh, in TV and movies, they'll reuse. The glass platforms above us were the glass platforms that William Shatner and Spock stood on in the 60s. Oh, so, so cool. A lot of historical stuff going on. Yes. And mind you. In between sets being, in between scenes being filmed, and if we went out and uh, and hung out outside the set for a few minutes, you might get a glimpse of uh, somebody you know who was on the show. Not only that, I got to hang out with Roxanne Dawson, who played the chief engineer, and Robert Beltran, who played the first officer. Actually, at the time, I was a pretty good smoker. We all smoked together, except for Roxanne. She had just had a baby. Oh, I played this so smooth. This is where a line that Allie knows that we've used on the show comes from. Hmm. So Roxanne, tiny little thing, right? And she played a, a, a girl Klingon, so she had Roxanne all her makeup what? on. Roxanne Dawson. And um, she uh, played a, a, a lady Klingon, and she was, you know, much younger oh, in 98. I know who she is. So at one point... Uh, my ex-wife had to go to the bathroom. Roxanne takes her to the bathroom, which was quite a hilarious in full Klingon, uh-huh, outfit, you know, uh-huh. which is quite funny. And and then you know I'm talking to to Robert and all that. We're having a great time. I mean, we just just casual talk, like you know, nothing. It was nothing good, you know, I, nothing big. Chat. In fact, I think he hit on my ex-wife. If I would have you know seen the future, I would have said take her now. Um, <laughs> but that being said, Roxanne comes back, and I played this smooth, and I go. So I have to ask, you just had a baby, didn't you? And she goes, yes, yes, I did. Thank you. And I go, you look fantastic. Uh She goes, honey, it's Hollywood. They do lipo right on the table when that baby comes out. We've used it on the show. Yeah. We've talked about that. It's and called it's just, the mommy it, makeover. It, it's true. And they did. She probably had a great plastic surgeon as opposed to Johnny Resnick. <laughs> very, very likely, yeah. <laughs> but that was, my, that was my weird experience with, you know, a brushness with, with fame, I guess, but also turned into a really kind of cool, hey... I got real close to something at one time, and and it was a once in a lifetime thing. I don't think I'll. You, had you met Gwen Stefani, that would have been your once in a lifetime. Yeah, that's my. I mean, you still have a great story to tell from it. Oh, I do. I have a great story to tell from mine. Um, if her and I would do my makeup together, then it would be a, a highlight in my life. Anything's possible. After this podcast, Johnny Resnick's not going to talk to us anymore. But you, you might get Gwen. She could maybe she'll Gwen. hear it one day, or somebody will turn around to it, and she'll be like, ha, "I'm coming to do makeup with you." <laughs> Imagine that's how it would sound. <laughs> she doesn't sound like that. Not, not, maybe not like. By that. the way, your ex-wife must have really loved you at the time to like do a couple hours through all of that. If you're not interested, it's like okay, you know. So she was. I'd have left you in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, I think it was. Overall, whether you're a fan or not, what a wild experience because oh, we yeah. literally walked the, the, the set of well, Paramount completely untouched. Uh, nobody was and, and mingled with these folks like, you know, we were well known with them. You know, actually, always, a tour bus came by at one point. You know how they have the hello? trams? Yeah. Oh, totally. A tram came by, which was one of the guided tours. Mm-hmm. Not what I did, which was unguided, just walk around. Yeah. Yep. Um, and literally, they stopped and they were taking pictures and we're standing oh next God. to these guys in full costume and we're just like, 
I, I'm on somebody's be, old Kodak pictures. Wouldn't that be something, though, if it showed up on social and you're oh. randomly in the picture and it just amazing. pops up? That would yeah. be great. And I had hair at the time. Oh, look so at that. You had your sick. hair system. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Was gosh. it the system? Or it was, was the it system. Hair? Actually, it was oh. funny. The makeup people at Paramount go, hey, nice work. <laughs> yeah, right? You're like, I paid enough for it, for sure. Oh, oh my man. gosh. I love a good behind-the-scenes story. Though. It really was yeah. cool. It really was cool. Hey, can I, before uh, it gets too late, because, you know, next week, to be honest with everyone, I should have said this up front. Next week, to be honest with everyone, we'll have all our post-Christmas stories and whatever may have happened, if there was any interesting things or drama or just whatever. Mm-hmm. This is happening a little bit before, you know, we're all back together to be able to do that. But I want to ask a question really quick. And I, I, I saw this question and I want to ask you guys this question and we'll see how it fares for you. Do you mind? Go ahead. Okay. Where now, are we going to go? Here's the thing. I um, mind. It, the funny part about this is Quinn is quite a bit younger than uh, than than you and I are, Allie. So uh, you know, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's let's be real here. I mean, he, he's he's got a few yes years years under the belt, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, what can we learn from you in this way? Sum it up if you can in one sentence. And we're, is this every, for Quinn? Everyone will answer this. Oh, okay. Sum it up in one sentence. What is a quick life lesson our listeners can learn from you? It's a life lesson a listener could learn from us. Oh, I feel like I have Besides the obvious, like, I don't know, don't eat yellow snow. Yeah, no, this is from you. <laughs> from Did you me. eat yellow snow? No, but I, I know not to. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I advise other people also not to. But this is something that has either happened in your life. Mm. Um, maybe you saw firsthand. Uh, you saw someone super close to you go through it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm com- there's, it could be anything. It could really be anything. Don't open a bunch of credit cards. Ooh. Oh, that's yes, good. yeah. You only need your checking, like your debit card, and like one more to establish credit. Like that's that's literally what me. Yes, I have a debit card and one credit card, and that's it. Oh, that's I correct. opened up at when I was in college, Victoria's Secrets, J.C. Penney's, Kohl's. I opened them all up because you could. Right, racked up a bunch of unnecessary debt. Had to get myself mm-hmm. out of it. It took way too long. And I mean, some people can't even get out of it. So that would be mine is you don't need those credit cards. Your other credit card should just be for basically like emergencies and things like that. Sure. Or or if you do this and I've started doing this with my credit cards, so I will make purchases on it. But I do it for the points, and then I pay it off right right. away. So no interest. Because I have the money, you know, to be able to pay it. Well, as long as I don't go too crazy. And then I'll get points and I'll I'll do, you know, that. Uh, you want to think about it for another minute, or do you got one? If you have one, you go. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit more deeper life, because you did financial. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to repeat a financial thing, you know. Um, I Looking back now, uh, and this is my life lesson, don't take uh, – drive yourself to success, okay? Mm-hmm. In, in other words – be the best you can be at what you are desiring to do. Do that, but don't let it go to your head and become ego-filled and arrogant. And um, Scott's still on this journey. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, had a, I had a tough time. I'm not going to lie. I had a tough time when I was young, and a lot of it did go to my head. And I have not only had to spend a lot of time apologizing to people from my past at, at different points in life to say, that's not really who I ever wanted to be. 
I, I recommend this. Find a way to laugh through life a little bit more. You know, nothing is so serious. In other words, don't take it to a point where, you know, well, I'm, you know, so-and-so, or this is what I do. Roll with it out easy as you can. Do the best you can do. Be great. And you might be the best in whatever you do. Mm-hmm. But don't take it so seriously that it absorbs you and you get caught in a ego mode that at some point you're going to look back on and go, I was an asshole. Well, and I know that you're in a different occupation where that comes up. But I feel like that's with everything. When I see somebody be disrespectful, especially in the service industry, that really gets me. And that is one way that you are being an a-hole and being arrogant. And you wiped your butt the same way they did this morning. That's that's the lesson that I learned Mm -hmm. later. Well, here, you might be the best hairdresser on the planet. Yep. But don't walk around going, I'm the best hairdresser on the Mm -hmm. planet. Have some laughs with people. Let them discover it and figure it out. And when they do, you're going to be even bigger than you realize in your head what you are. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Heavy stuff. Quinn? Um, I would say, I mean, mine, I don't know, my lessons is I keep coming back to just like my life in just like this, the industry of entertainment and media and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. like having gone uh, through school and everything for it. But I would say like, let's say, for example, this podcast is also a great example of it is if there's something that you want to do, go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I spent so much time on a lot of things where, um, for example, like, I would think like, okay, I really want to do this, but I'm going to wait until uh, we're either a little more, some like we're more established, not, not specifically this podcast, but we're like, this is more established. I have this specific equipment, like all these, I would come up with excuses not to start something that I would be really like passionate about or really mm-hmm. into. Um, just do it. And it's only going to get better from there. It's And you're going to look back at no matter when you start, you're going to look back at the beginning of it and go, we sucked. You know what I mean? <laughs> this has been a running theme, though, in the past like week and a half, two weeks in our building. And this, again, goes with anything, whatever occupation you're in, is that every every house has a foundation. So you have to lay the foundation. Yeah. So I know at first it's you're starting with almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for people to see that the full house is going to be built it's it's almost impossible to start something and have it immediately be at its final stage were, were you ever afraid of the failure aspect is that why you were afraid i to think take that's a dive? i think that's also part of it 100 yeah. mm. that's 100 like you're like why like i think the like you come up with reasons to stop yourself from doing it mm-hmm. you're like i need this this and this because if i don't have those things yep. then it's not going to work out yes so and uh yeah, I say just I just say go for it. And excuses happen along the way too. Yeah. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves, don't make those excuses. You know, yeah. I've already I've already laid the foundation. Now we're on the first floor. Okay, don't make excuses to put the second floor on or whatever. And sometimes you you will fail, but that just in my mind that actually just means that just isn't your time. You know, you, can, a, you can try again. There's like, an like there is a different like you just have to make differences or, or or approach it a little differently. You know what doesn't work now. Yep. And then you just go for uh, go for it and try again. Yep. There's an expression in radio: you have not made it until you've been fired three times. And um, I haven't been fired. I've been fired once. I've not well, been fired once. In that case, Over let's email. all fire each other real quick, <laughs> and then we will have made it. Allie, you're, you're fired. fired. Quinn, hey. you're fired. Now, since I fired both you, you have to use both your superpowers to can my ass. You're fired. All right, I made it. <laughs>